Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host, Kirsty, and this week I am joined by another guest of the Married at First Sight Australia cast from season seven. This time it's mum of twin boys, photographer and now star of Married at First Sight, Poppy Marie Jennings. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. How are you going? Oh, look, I'm doing great. We were just having a quick discussion about how we're both thriving in ISO um, while the rest of the world is struggling. But you know what? It's our time. <laughs> Loving it. I don't have to braid my moustache when I go out. <laughs> my hair. I can just look like crap all the time. Oh it. my God, that's fucking hilarious. You always made me laugh on the show, I have to say. And, you know, that iconic line about your husband having an accident, falling into his co-worker's vagina. I think that, like, stopped the nation. Everyone loved that so much. <laughs> God, that is that gets sent to me constantly, the different people doing it on TikTok. Oh, it's so funny that, like, horrible, tragic story has turned into something funny <laughs> well I mean that's the best way to heal isn't it humor is the best healer absolutely at least we tell ourselves that <laughs> oh god so oh, I mean how have you been since the show wrapped since you know it stopped playing in you know it's kind of all been uh, reawakened in a way that it's playing in in America now but at least it's slightly less close to home what was that experience like being in like thrust into the public eye oh wow that was really difficult at times I'm not going to say that the whole time has been really hard because it's been up and down but I'd definitely say that I had some really really dark days yeah it was um not being able like I got stopped yesterday in Coles next to the tuna this man just came <laughs> right up to my face and he said maths like that oh. and I, yeah and I, I said sorry and he goes maths I knew it was you and so normally I could just yeah. go you know on my own and no one would give a shit who I was so that's kind of a little bit odd but um yeah I miss kind of not being known yeah you know I um I was having a conversation with my brother a few months ago and he said, you know, never about fame and, you know, the, the bright lights of Hollywood. And um, and he just said, you know, he's a very quiet person. He's the opposite of me. And he's like, never underestimate the power of your anonymity. And I just tell myself that all the time whenever I'm like, oh, I wish I was famous. I want to see my name in lights. So he's just like, mm, I have his voice in my head reiterating that phrase. Honestly, I used to think to myself growing up, all the stupid things I've done in life, all my crazy times and the things you do when you go out and stuff like that, I used to think, thank God nobody knows who I am because <laughs> and this happened. Yeah. Well, so what made you, Did you, had you ever thought about being in the public eye before? Did you ever want to be an actor or performer or was this really just you just wanted to find somebody and meet you were in there really to find a husband. Well, I didn't actually complete the application. So oh. I think one night I was just, it came up on Facebook and I started to fill it out, but I never finished it. 
So I didn't do the video part or anything like that. And I had put in there about my husband falling in the vagina and whatever. And somebody contacted me just out of nowhere and said, hey, I'm you know, responsible for going through the unfinished applications. Is there any reason why you didn't finish yours? And I said, oh, yeah, because I really had no intention of going in it. And I didn't think for a second that I would be picked. And then when they said, would you be interested in doing a Skype? I kind of thought, what, what have I got to lose? Like, yeah. it's probably... I'm probably not going to get it anyway. I may as well just give it a shot. And then from there, it just escalated and next minute married. Next minute, you're standing at the altar looking at Luke. What? Tell me your first impression because you walked out and it really, it, it looked like to us viewers that it hit you at the altar. Like you, you were really um, eloquent. You said your vows and it was lovely. And then it's, it was almost like as you were listening to him, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? That's how I read it. Honestly, I am like, I believe really strongly in women's intuition. And it was very instant for me that I felt uneasy, Mm. but you can't just brush somebody off. And in this kind of situation, when you meet somebody and you almost instantly feel a little bit uneasy you kind of have to keep talking yourself out of it because you've got producers in your ear throughout the day telling you, oh, no, no, this is a really great person. We found a really great match for you and stuff like that. So I kept second-guessing myself, but it was something that just in my gut that made me feel very uneasy from the instant that I kind of looked into his eyes. I can't explain it. All I can is a gut feeling and a reaction, and that's how it kind of started. That's really interesting. A lot of people asked me and a lot of the listeners um, wanted to know if your response, and maybe this is part of what you were just saying, that kind of uneasiness, was your reaction at the wedding and throughout the honeymoon about worrying about your kids and missing your kids, was it purely that or was it less attraction to Luke or was it this uneasy feeling? What was going on for you there? Okay, well, there were so many different factors. First of all, I was incredibly emotional on the wedding day, mostly because what you don't see is behind the scenes, the questions that you're being asked. And for me, not just at the wedding, but um, even as far back as the reveal to my friends and the going shopping for dresses, they kept asking me about my ex-husband, my first wedding, my you know, is this like your first <sighs> wedding? What well, when I'm shopping for wedding dresses, they're going, so is this like your first wedding dress? My friends were oh getting Oh my god. Because they were like, why are they talking so much about your first marriage, your ex-husband? You don't want to be standing on your wedding day being questioned about a relationship that broke down really horribly while you're already so like freaked out about the whole situation. You're out of your depth. Um I hadn't slept. Like it was just constantly being my wedding ring was exactly the same as my actual real wedding ring from my first wedding Ah. I'm looking down at my finger I've got this exact wedding band back on my hand I'm being questioned about my ex-husband I'm standing there with a stranger we didn't connect I had this uneasy feeling but then I'm getting told no no give it a chance he's great he's great he's great but then there was things that kept happening that made me feel like I was right about my my gut Mm. Oh my God. I can't imagine how awful that would be just reliving the ex experience. How, how soon was it that you guys divorced or separated before you went on maths? 
Uh, I think when I applied, we had been split up, gone. We split up in April of 2017. Yeah. So, and my wedding was in 2019. So it was like two and a half years. Yeah, but that's still pretty fresh, you know, especially when you've just got two little baby boys as well. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. The last thing that you want to be hearing on your TV wedding is, so how do you feel? They actually asked me, are you over your ex? Uh, You know what else happens? Like straight after the vows, they do this interview and whatever. And then they whisked me off to do my hair and makeup again. So I didn't even, after the vows, get to even really speak to him. I had asked him one question as we're walking away. He shut me down. And then they whisked me away to do hair and makeup. And then we'll, we'll thrust straight into this really awkward photo shoot where we had to keep touching each other and kiss. Like they were making us kiss. <laughs> yeah. You looked very um, uncomfortable in that photo shoot. That was, a, that was kind of the moment we as viewers noticed that you were really uneasy. And, and that, I think that you explaining that you just had that kind of gut feeling about it makes a lot more sense to me because that did, did feel like we'd, missed something like had he maybe said something inappropriate but no it was really just that your whole body stiffened and you were just kind of like what what am I doing here have you ever met someone felt that way I have unfortunately yeah yeah you tell um, yourself all the way through no no it's me give it a mm -hmm. shot this and that I constantly second guess myself and then things kept happening and I kept going, no, yes, no, yes. It was, it was horrible. I was always at war with myself um, over, is this, is this me? Am I feeling this way? Is it legit? And then in the end, yeah. Sadly, you were, you were right. Do you, so should we just get straight into that? A lot of people want to know what happened. Um, I don't know. And we discussed this earlier, how much I can play just because of, defamation laws in Australia but we will try our best to reveal your version of the truth and look I think it's just good to hear everybody's points of view especially when you were actually there yeah I feel like yeah of course Amanda's going to support Luke because they're um, good friends and also they both can bond over the fact that um, neither of them understand (gasps) no neither of them understand consent really what do you mean there from Amanda's point of view she was so aggressively uh, pursuing Tash to the point where it made Tash so uncomfortable that she was just retreating within herself and she just did not let up. It was like she was so, she was just really aggressive about how she was going about the whole thing. And you can say you're trying, but then I'm sorry, that appeared to me to be really over the top and pushy and you know you need to try you need you can't you cannot force feelings Mm. yeah so that's is that a big reason that we saw uh tash kind of retreat to her room and meditate and take time out have you like been in a relationship where one person is aggressively trying to make you have feelings that you can't just manifest out of nowhere like i'm usually that person i'm like love me (laughs) (laughs) We've all been on both sides, but yeah, I just, anyway, of course she's going to support him. Like I would not lie about this. I would never lie about what happened. So what, 
what did go on, if you're happy to talk about it? Absolutely. Okay, so first of all, I just want to start by saying that I found out that he had cheated on his wife and I just wonder how these experts could even think about putting me with somebody that had cheated on their partner. Like, wouldn't you steer away from that kind of person if you're really hoping for a genuine connection there? That automatically was a red flag for me. Another flag is the fact that my guests knew about the wedding about four weeks before, whereas his knew, he was like, I don't know, they were just, it was like he was just a ring-in. The experts never even met him. The experts met, yeah, they never met him. They're supposed to be the ones that pick our perfect match. He did not meet them. He wasn't at the Bucks night. You know, we did, you know, they do this testing and it's, it's because you have to fill out like millions of questions. And one of the tests that they do is they send you this um, white t-shirt in a Ziploc bag um, and you have to wear it for five days without perfume, without deodorant, without anything to get your pheromones on it. (laughs) Right. To get your EO all over it. Um, and then you have to put it back in the Ziploc bag and send it to them because this is, you know, proof that, you know, we're attracted to pheromones or whatever. And then we go to this fake lab and we, well, it's not a fake lab, but the expert did not work there. And we smell the T-shirts and we see who we're attracted to. He didn't even do that. So who the hell's T-shirt was I smelling? And, you know, <laughs> They used that line at the one of the commitment ceremonies. They said to Tash, they said, oh, do you know, Tash, that you actually picked Amanda's T-shirt? And it's like, well, whose fucking T-shirt did I pick? If you use this as evidence, what was I smelling? Bob from down the road. Well, like, yeah, he might be your soulmate out there somewhere. So so what I mean is like, they, they, and they've given me someone, not only that's cheated on his wife, but lives in a completely different state to me and he's a fly-in, fly-out worker, Does isn't even in the state he lives in for long enough. What am I going to do? Fly with two toddlers over to Victoria every for one week? I asked for someone stable and permanent in my children's life so that they could have the feeling of a, a father figure around all the time. So the mismatch to me, it was just like, it was so wrong. And that's why, as well, I wasn't going to waste my time staying Mm -hmm. there flogging a dead horse when there was no chance of a future and that's why I left so early and you know what you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because if you stay on you're a fame whore and you only want your 30 seconds of fame and if you leave it's like oh my god you've ripped this person off oh my god you have stopped another person out of these 15,000 lucky people from getting an opportunity (laughs) lucky people fucking I saved somebody mate I saved somebody a lot of grief yeah I think I think I I think you no I think you're right there you have all right to be to be worked up because um yeah I mean what you went through was was horrific what you were saying about um him his his guests not knowing about the wedding until days or before or maybe a couple of weeks before like a very very short amount of time that tells me or is could be an indication that someone dropped out probably Bob from down the road your soulmate um <laughs> And they just shipped the next guy in that had applied. And that is not what the show's about. And I think that's really wrong. I um, have received messages from, I got a message from this really beautiful girl and she told me that she actually got through and she ended up turning it down at the last minute and she felt really bad about it. But she said, I have a bit of a past that I'm not uh, proud of and and now where I am in life is so good and all they wanted to do was concentrate on my my past and, and she said 
I just knew that it could really affect where I am now. She goes, I felt disappointed. She goes, and then after watching your experience, she said, I am so happy that I actually dropped out. So people mm. have gotten very far and then dropped out. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that did happen. I can't say for sure, but yeah, I did feel disappointing. like he might've been a ring in, especially when the experts never met him. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think it does happen, um, unfortunately, because it is such a huge uh, commitment for people time-wise as well, away from work, away from family, like you experienced, and also just marrying a stranger on national TV, like that's, that's a heavy burden to carry. I got some listener questions um, about whether or not you were attracted to Luke but it sounds like rather than his appearance, there was just a lot of other things going on for you. I asked for a stocky guy with a beard. That is what I asked for. So I'm sick of people saying she wasn't attracted. Did you see my cold sore? Do you <laughs> think I think that I'm some fucking model and that I deserve some kind of, it wasn't like that, but people, that's, that's one of the things that annoys me the most. I get the, I used to get these messages like, Oh, you just weren't attracted to him. Mate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not shallow. Yeah. I think, um, that I actually had the same thought, but I think that's because yeah. we didn't see because it happened so fast at the altar and during the photo shoot. This kind of literally, yeah. like for me, I don't know what the other viewers thought, but for me, it looked like just like the blood drained out of your face, you know. Yeah. And that's obviously coming from that uneasy feeling that you had, um, that women's intuition. But yeah. at, at for for a viewer, you just think, oh, she's just kind of going, oh my god, what am I doing? I'm not attracted yeah. to him. There's no future. Like going through this kind of panic in your head, which yeah. I'm sure you were, but it wasn't for the reasons that maybe we had put the pieces together for. He wasn't attracted to me either. He did an interview directly after we got married, and he told me he admitted it to me later. Like, you're not. I'm not attracted to you. So, but they didn't show that either because it doesn't go with the narrative of you know what they want people to see and mm. like so on the honeymoon it was really hot it was just very very difficult and again I was always at war with myself because I wasn't sharing the room with him um and I got a phone call basically head of the show you are going to be so hated you're not even trying you <gasps> are being so horrible and nothing I said could it could make it better. But he said, this, no, 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 you don't understand. You're the strongest match in this experiment. We, we searched high and low for him. Do you know what she said to me? She said, we could have found you a really attractive guy and he would have rejected you because you <gasps> have kids. Yep. I was so broken after that phone call. I went straight back to the room and I apologized to Luke. I said, I am so sorry that I have been this way. If someone was acting this way with my sons, I'd be so mortified. I felt so bad about it. And I, I was like, I will move into the room with you. I will try harder. I was just, his sister had rang the next day and he had been telling her how horrible I was. I got on the phone. I apologized to her. I said, look, I'm sorry. I haven't slept like this and that. So I'm talking myself out of it all the time. Um, the first mm -hmm. night that I shared a bed with him, he grabbed me. Now mm -hmm. I woke up while you were asleep. Um, he was asleep. He was saying okay. he was asleep. Yeah. And, um, the next morning I told him about it. He was like, but oh, it wasn't, it wasn't like you were cuddling or anything. No, no, no. And I told him the next morning and he goes, Oh, I'm really sorry. That must've been an accident. And of course we've just made up from yeah. 
you know, and I thought, oh, it must have been an accident. Why would I think anything different? Got past that and whatnot. We got along for a few days and then we moved to Sydney um, and we went to the dinner party and whatever. I was very excited to finally be able to speak to everyone else and, like, that was probably the happiest I was because... I was out of that pressure cooker forced upon situation where we were constantly forced to, you know, like even when we were just playing golf on our honeymoon, like get behind her and put, yeah. You gross. So cheesy. It was like the wedding photos, like making us kiss. We'd known each other for two minutes. Who wouldn't feel uncomfortable? And I'm Mm. sorry, I can't fake anything. So when you saw me being cold and whatever, I was just so, I was so uncomfortable and it wouldn't have just been, I imagine, with with him. It would have been with the producers at that point and, you know, being forced to kiss somebody that you don't know in front of like 10 people sometimes, the camera people, the sound people, the producers. I can imagine, I, I would be like, anybody tells me what to do, first thing I want to do is do the opposite. So I can completely understand you just kind of freezing up and being like, I'm not going to kiss this guy. And if you haven't felt, if you haven't kissed naturally yet at all, if you haven't felt that kind of urge to do that, I mean, it's very uncomfortable to be pushed into a situation just to be like, all right, kiss for the camera now. I'm not an actor. I couldn't just like, like stick my tongue down his throat and just go all in and just play a part. I could mm-hmm. only be myself and that was me retreating and being really uncomfortable. So I knew that looked cold. I knew how I was acting and I, it's not like I was like, oh yeah, fuck him. I, I was, I kept, like I said, second guessing myself. Why are you being like this? Do you know what I mean? And then again, another thing would happen. Another thing would happen. He would say something and I'd just be thinking, no, 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 you're right. Trust your gut, trust your gut. So then when we moved to Sydney, um, it was about a, a week in, we went to the commitment ceremony. Um, it was horrible. Very, very long, long hours. Um, very emotionally draining. We're there for 10 hours, you know. We got home and it was four o'clock in the morning and we got into bed and I woke up about, I think it was about six o'clock and I woke up because his hand. Now, my first initial reaction was I froze and then I woke him up and again, the same reaction. Oh, sorry, it must have been an accident. It must have been an accident. And I was like, just so yuck I was so icked by that and then so he said look we won't sleep in the same bed together and whatnot and I said okay so we move into the apartment now so I've brought it up with him a second time during the day and he kind of brushed me off so instead of making me feel like my you know what I was saying was valid he was getting a little bit aggressive about it and making it out as if I had no right to be upset as if you were overreacting Yeah, so that's why Mm. we then move into the apartment and I'm really cold. Like they take him to go buy um, dinner to make dinner or whatever and they said, you know, we're going to come back once the dinner is cooked and you can tell like I'm very cold and whatnot. And um, he said, they said, we'll come back once the dinner's cooked and we'll we'll continue to film. Anyway, our door was open, like they left it ajar, they put something in it so that they could just walk in and out. And while he was, you know, starting to cook the dinner, I said to him, there's only one little bed and, like, where are you going to sleep? Like, you can't sleep on that couch. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's and, – and I'm really upset about what happened. And he goes, look, 
oh, I spoke to my best friend and even she said that, yeah, that would creep her out. And I thought, finally, <sighs> finally, it's justified that, you know, I do have a reason to feel uncomfortable. Um, but but he shouldn't, he shouldn't have to t- get somebody's second opinion to understand that. First of all, like that just really pisses me off as, as a feminist, but also just he should whatever response you have to the situation should be heard by him and validated if you're feeling upset if you're feeling anxious if you're feeling uh violated he should have heard that and listened to that yeah we ended up getting into quite a big argument and i said to him you know even if you had touched my elbow and that made me feel uncomfortable i have a right to say that and i should be made to feel like exactly blowing something out of proportion. Do you know what I mean? That is yeah. And the camera crew burst through the door and they said, are you fighting off camera? <gasps> and then, yeah, and they started rolling. I said, do you know what's going on? You know, from the very first moment I met him, I felt uneasy. I said, hands, and I don't want to stay here. I'm not going to be, and I'm full on crying and everything. Mm. And he was really distressed because I'd obviously said what happened and it was on camera and whatnot. Um, I got taken away to the, there was a guy, a chaperone that lived on the floor of the apartments that he, they just separated us sort of thing. And I was telling him everything that was going on and I was really, really upset. And the next day, um, the head of production came with her assistant to my room because they separated us. And I said, I told her what happened and she said, well, you know, this is way too controversial. Is this the woman that called you that time? Yep. Okay. Which, okay. So you already haven't got a good relationship with her. No, you know what? It's not that I didn't have a good relationship with her. I I really liked and got along with her. And when she was telling me all that Australia's going to hate you and all that kind of stuff, I just kept thinking, oh, yeah, she's right. It's me. Oh, okay. Because you trusted her. Yeah. It wasn't until like later on where I learned a lot more stuff that I started to think, hey, this is not right. So even when they were telling me, this is too controversial. You can never mention this. And they said, look, we're just going to concentrate on the fact that, you know, you miss your kids and we're just, we've never had that storyline before. So we'll go with that. That's why you're leaving. So it, it just, I just, I kept telling myself, okay, maybe you're overreacting. Maybe it's not a big deal. And then I was messaging my friends at the time, told them exactly what happened. And they're like, what? They were enraged. Mm. So now telling me, what do you mean it can't be aired? What do you mean it's too controversial? What do you mean? Like, you need to do something. And I said, no way. I am never going to tell anybody about this. Um, so why did you feel like that? Why did you feel like you didn't want to tell anybody? Because when you have these powerful people telling you that it's too mm-hmm. controversial and playing it down to the point where you were questioning yourself, it's so manipulative. I didn't see that because no, I- you wouldn't. No, you would because that's the whole point. Is they're trying to gaslight you into thinking it that you're being crazy. And I actually, I really believed it, and I believed it for a long time. And I went home, and I was, you know, the whole missing your kids thing. You know, they ask you so many questions, and then they yeah. ask you the same answer in like three different ways. So they can ask you, and that's why they have you repeat with all these repetitive. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Triggers people. I miss my kids. I miss my kids. I miss my kids. I miss my kids. It's like I was seeing my kids that weekend. Yeah, and and I will tell you as a viewer, and I got a lot of questions about the kid thing because it. Yes, of course you're a mother of young children. Of course you're going to miss them. Any mother is going to miss their children, but we could tell there was something else going on. 
course. And and instead of being and because I wasn't allowed to say anything on camera, mm-hmm. and if I did, it was never going to be aired. What was I going to say? Yeah. You know what I mean, I also didn't want to hurt anybody. Like I just. I constantly second guess myself. I don't think you're human if you always think you're right and you always think that, you know what I mean? So after I went home, it was really, really hard time for me. And um, she rang me, the same person, head of the show. She said, look, I am not going to make you look bad. You know, I'm a mother myself, all this kind of stuff. Um, Again, we'll just go with the, the missing the kids thing. You can't talk about this, whatever. Everyone knew about it. The girls from the show knew what happened. Um, he had gone and told um, one of the grooms who had told their bride, Michelle, and she was like, yeah, yeah, he's – we know what happened. Do you know what I mean? Natasha was really, really enraged by it. She went uh, – she got really angry because when they um, told everybody that we left, she was like – she was so angry about the whole situation. And mm. she's like, well, how can this happen? Do you know what I mean? And she was – How can this happen and, and nothing happens from it? Yeah. So they the whole way through were also – fully supporting me and going, no, Poppy, you have a right to feel uncomfortable, but I'm going, no, 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 I'm never going to tell anyone, never going to tell anyone. And um, it wasn't until the reunion. So we came back. Um, well, actually, no, sorry. The, we, I come back for a girl's night in um, near the end of the show. They brought back a few people for a, yeah. a night, which just ended up being. Before you get into that, can I just skip uh, back a little bit? So when we see Luke crying when you guys, when you, when you decide to call it quits and you get to leave and be free, uh, free at last, then what is, what do you think's going on there? Why do you think he was crying? His bloody nose exactly what happened. Yeah. And he probably thought, fuck, if this gets aired, like yeah. this is going to, I'm going to look like a absolute shit. He yeah. had very, he has a very, um, important job and they basically called him up before he went on the show and they said don't even breathe in the wrong direction he works for a big big well-known company he probably thought I'm gonna lose my job that would yeah. have been first his first thought um so yeah that's what I think that he was crying about not about the fact that he was devastated that it was over he didn't want to be yeah. with me either. Or, or devastated at his own actions. Um, it was, it was devastated that he got caught. I don't even know what he thinks about the situation. He's never even really said anything. Um, which, if that was me, I would be fucking guns blazing, defending myself if these allegations were against me. And he's really never said anything. Yeah, he's probably been told the same as you: keep quiet, and it'll go away. Well, I um. So when I got brought back for that girls' night, um, there was two new brides that I hadn't met yet and there was a couple of the other remaining girls there and I got brought in and they started – they were obviously told, ask her questions about why she left. and um, oh, That you can't answer. Basically. One of the brides said to me, were you just not attracted to him? Were you just not attracted to him? I said I, initially it was just like a vibe that I got and then I said, you know what? You know what actually fucking happened? I woke up, his hand. And then that was it. I was dragged out of that um, room and I was on the phone again. And how dare you? How do you get from that to that? And I thought, which mother wouldn't? But they made me feel like what? this is not going to be aired. I don't know why you even said it. It's never going to. Well, you know, the image that really sticks out in my head is um, 
when you're in that apartment, it might have been on the honeymoon, it might have been slightly after, and you're just lying on the couch and you're crying, but you're not like, it's not bawling. It's just that kind of like depressive, you know, I could, you're almost like a shell of yourself. And it is just, I felt that so deeply. And that's when I realized, you know, something else is going on here. That was exactly like the day that it had happened. It had happened and I was there forced into like, oh, now we're moving in together. Do you know what I mean? And still even having to film, you know, 10-hour days when you've just been through something traumatic. That's terrifying. But I didn't even know if it was traumatic because I was Mm. being told so many different things that it made me just think, well, is this not a big deal? And again, with the girls not being shut down talking about it, I'm, again, I went home and I told my friends, and they're like, oh my gosh. Like, so yeah. then I made the decision that I'm never, ever going to say another thing about it on camera. I'm going to go to the actual reunion in January. And so that the girls' night was in, I think, December. I'm going to go to the reunion in January and I'm going to get along with him because if I don't, Australia is just going to see me as being a massive bitch again. And they're never going to know why. So I went there and I am hugged him, got along. Yeah. With him. I was hammered. I, was, I got cut off within like 10 minutes of that dinner party. Right. Cause you needed to just because you were so terrified. I was hammered. And then, yeah, I, um, I got through that day, but then the next day we had to do the, um, other reunion part. And, um, I was on the couch and I was kind of doing the whole, you know, yeah. and then, something happened in the tent. We started having an argument about just, and I basically said to him, you basically got away with, you know, this whole situation. And, and we just, yeah, it blew up from there. And then after that, I told them separate him from me. I don't want to be near him anymore. And for the rest of the publicity and everything like that, I never spoke to him ever again. He wasn't in the TV commercial, the initial TV commercial, because it was filmed so shortly after we left and only I was in it because I didn't want to be around him at that point. Mm. So it took me from, it took me a few months to be able to get to the reunion and act that way where yeah. like I said I was drunk and I was just like, I have to do this because otherwise I'm going to cop more hate and whatnot. And I'll tell you that worked. I remember watching that at the time and thinking, Oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe nothing did happen because you, because you did hug him because you were smiling and, you know, but knowing that you were putting on that brave face, oh, my heart is is breaking for you right now, honestly. See me the next day on the couch after the – so the fight must have happened in a little bit of – it didn't happen at the beginning. It must have happened in, like, an uh, intermission. So then you go and look at that episode on the couch, the very final – you watch my face and how miserable I am for the rest of the night. And, like, the fact oh, – there's just so much to it. And – you know, the fact that he never spoke out about any of this is because he knew that he he thought he had this smoking gun. He thought she was nice to me at the reunion. They're going to play that. And Australia's going to go, wow, look at this. She's obviously lying. I'm not fucking lying. This happened. And that was how I coped with it. Yeah. Now, again, I wasn't going to ever go public with this. And then while we were filming the reunion, I went out one night with the girls. We stayed, I think, for a week in Sydney. And I was approached by a guy that was in the bushes taking photos of us, basically. Oh, God. So he he was a a journalist, paparazzi, whatnot. He came up to me and he goes, the elusive poppy. 
we never see you. We never, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people had been in the media already before the show had even aired. They were known and they were packed and they were whatever. Mate, I'm a single mum from the burbs. Like, who's going to see me? <laughs> but I have to go to Coles and, yeah. <laughs> okay, Coles in the tuna section, mate. No. <laughs> so he came up to me and he goes, I just want to know if this is true because this is going around. And from his mm. notes on his phone, he read out the real reason Poppy Jennings left maths. And he had all the information. I said, how do you know this? He goes, people talk, producers talk, cameramen talk, cast talk. People know. People in the industry know. Why don't you tell me your story? And I said, no way. I don't want this to get out. And, yeah, so that's so when I... What made you change your mind? What made you start being so vocal after the fact? When it started airing, my friends and family were just mortified with not only how much hate I was copying knowing me as a person, uh, how devastated I was about it. And then I started getting um, messages on, cause you get inundated and I'm talking, I had the daily telegraph at my front door. I had inboxes and one of the messages said, Hey, I'm such and such from, um, this particular publication. I just want you to know, uh, we know what happened to you. We know there's more to this story. We've been trying to get in contact with you for a long time, but every time we reach out to the your publicity team, they always say you're unavailable. So now this started to become a common theme. Like all the interviews that I did were through Channel 9 and were always supervised. They were, I was mm. always not to speak about Luke. There was always someone there or in the room. I was always prompted to, you know, we don't want you to speak badly about him and stuff like that. So my interviews are so inconsistent and I'm just like, oh, why didn't you like him? Oh, he was so positive. Like, what was I supposed to say yeah. if I, I'm never going to be heard? So when these journalists started reaching out to me um, and saying, we've never been able to get in contact with you, you're not available, the um, Kyle and Jackie O... Um, for the for listeners overseas, um, they're essentially the biggest radio show. They host the biggest radio show in the country. Yeah, they, they, their producer was told that I wasn't available. So when I found out that from several journalists that they were trying to actually not give me any kind of interviews, like Hayley was doing like 16 radio interviews a day and I didn't do mm. one. I was driving home from my kids' preschool and my local radio station was playing an interview with Michael Goonan, who's from Adelaide. And then at the end of it, while I'm driving, it said, and just a special shout-out to our local girl, Poppy. Hope she's doing well. And this is before I'd spoken to <laughs> I wonder why they didn't want to talk to me, but they've spoken to Michael from Adelaide. Like, I just thought, oh, you mustn't be interesting. But I didn't really care at the same time because I didn't have time for it. So those things, being told, being told, realising that I was being shut up made me want to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. Yeah, it really is like like some kind of Illuminati shit going on here. So I um, have spoken to previous contestants um, from the show who have had similar things happen to them where they were basically gagged and they got no um, media and stuff like that. And they were giving me little like... Do you mean from other seasons? Yeah, they reached mm. out to me. So many people have reached out to me from so many different reality shows sharing their stories and and just, yeah, I knew then I wasn't raised to shut my mouth and I wasn't, I've never been a person that's kind of just, I'm always, I will always speak out about 
things, no matter how controversial they are or who's standing up for what. So it was really within me to shut my mouth. So that's when the real me just came out. I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell the truth. And that's how it all started. Good on you. I think that's amazing. And that kind of leads me into a, a question from one of our listeners, um, Alita Bryden. From, she's she's the creator of Bad Dates of Melbourne. It's amazing. It's so funny. Everyone check it out. So what it is is a Facebook page. It's just a little little promo for Alita. Why not? It's a Facebook page where um, she posts funny stories about people's um, bad dates within our city of Melbourne and also within Australia now as well. So she's really funny. It's a great page check it out but she wanted to know um back to everything what we were talking about in do you think that maths and reality tv in general is ethical in its treatment of cast members i mean seeing as you've been reached out to by so many people and what you've experienced yourself has it gone too far do you think i am really worried that the next Step. Oh, I can't. I don't want to say the next step. I'm really worried that somebody is going to kill themselves mm. because I am telling you, it doesn't matter how mentally strong you think you are. Um, that that whole experience is enough to break anyone. Do you know Drew? Drew from my season. Yeah. 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 Beautiful guy. Very mentally strong. Went in there. He has a charity. Kick on. Uh, deals with mental health. Went in there. He has spoken. So just jumping in for the listeners. Sorry, Poppy. Um, Drew, you haven't, uh, the the watchers, the viewers in the US haven't met Drew yet. He is uh, half of a couple that is coming up in future episodes. Yeah, really beautiful guy. And he has spoken openly about how um, his mental health suffered, how he was reduced to tears during filming and how he thought that he was so um, strong and, and how it even broke him. I don't know anybody that could come out of it and go, yeah, it was so great. Like, I'm just, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was, it's incredibly tough. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying that I have been miserable this whole time. Or I've had really dark days and I've pulled myself out of them. I'm lucky. I have really good friends, family. I've made beautiful friendships with the girls on the show, but, uh, it is, I would not recommend anybody yeah. on this show yeah and look I I mean even if I get I remember my first bad review I got for the podcast it just said yikes and I was like oh. <laughs> this was about two years ago I was like oh my god my world is ending all the blood drained from me and that's without me being you know, uh, bombarded by uh, people on social media DMing me to kill myself, you know, that's what people get. And I think that it's it's just a really tough thing for anyone to go through to be flung into the public eye. Um, Amanda mentioned that you guys have, have publicity training. Is that true at all? Publicity? Like, ha- like how to deal with the backlash? I mean, we had a... When we first went on the show, um, before we'd started filming, it was the day after the hens night, we had just, I don't know, a meeting where they kind of told us, you're going to get bullied really badly and you know what, it'll be over. Like, it's going to be really, it'll be over. But we've got psychologists and we've got this and we've got that. So I don't know how much training. (laughs) Nothing for what happens. But you know what? I'm glad to say, honestly, there's been more positive people than negative, but the negative ones were really bad. Like they write really nasty things. 
And it's like, you know, you can get 10 compliments in a day and one negative co- ne- uh, negative comment and that's the one that you go to sleep churning over in your head at night. Yeah. Well, I think you're very brave and I think you've done an amazing job in speaking out. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, get off your chest before we wrap it up? Are you okay, I guess, is the question that everyone wants to know now. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm definitely okay. Um, I don't – I do, in hindsight, I should never have said yes to the show. Like, I'd like to go back and just break my hand that was typing yes to something (laughs) going on uh, and tell myself don't do it. Um, But I did meet beautiful friends and I have met amazing people through Instagram. Like, the people that reach out to you – my child just walked in. Hi, child. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Oh, hello. What's your name? A jet. <laughs> nice to meet you, buddy. What's your name? My name's Kirsty. Welcome to Reality TV and me. You're on a podcast. Podcast? Yes. <laughs> You're famous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, he's so cute. They're both homesick from preschool, so he just like casually walked in. They, they don't give a shit. Like I still have to, you know, doesn't matter if you're on TV. They don't care. They're like, no, nah, mate, you're still got to feed them. Still got to yeah. wipe their bums. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's what I want to say mainly. I'm sick of people thinking that anybody that's on TV or on a is is a superhuman that is I don't know like people sometimes when people write to me they'll go oh my god I can't believe you wrote back of yeah. course I'm gonna write back it's impossible to get through everybody but we're just the same oh, I hate that I hate the word star celebrity everybody is the same we're made of the same shit just because somebody has Instagram followers or has been on TV does not mean they are superhuman. We are all as fucked as each other. It's, uh, (laughs) yeah, look, you've done exceptionally well. I'm glad you're out of the fire with it at the moment. How do you feel about it? Just final question. How do you feel about it in uh, being presented in America? Um, I've had a few um, really nice messages and I've had um, a woman reach out to me from Soap Dirt and she did an article and she wrote everything about wow. everything that happened and I said can you even print that and she said because mind you I've been trying for so long to be heard and it's always beeped out or it's emitted from you know the paper because it's too con- you know defamation blah blah and she was like no it's different we can write what we want like they want to sue me they're going to have to come here and fly and and sue me and Mm. She just straight out printed and it was such a... That's nice. That must have felt like a weight off your shoulders that somebody's telling your story and getting it out there. Yeah, because you should never be silenced. Mm -hmm. Things like this, especially not because you feel like people are going to say you're a liar or because you should feel ashamed of what happened or it would have been easier. It would have been easier for me to shut my mouth, Mm -hmm. but it would not have been the right thing to do. 
Exactly. And and you've come to the right podcast because every single show, whether I mean to or want to or I'm trying to bite my tongue, I get up on my feminist fucking high horse and preach. <laughs> Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> I couldn't shut my mouth if I tried. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Poppy, for joining me. I mean, I, I hope you're okay after spilling your guts. Um, I think you're amazing. If anyone wants to follow Poppy, she's at Poppy underscore Marie on Instagram. Is there anywhere else people can follow you or is there anything else you're working on that you want to promote at the moment? No, I'm just, I've always, I'm a photographer, so I've always had my business. I don't, if you want to find Poppy, just go look for some tuna in the supermarket. That's how exciting I am. You'll see me there. Oh, so good. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you again. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs>